What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with another fantastic edition of the America is Blue podcast. Here to chop up the sunny blue skies that we've got over Stanford Bridge and the continuance of our brilliance and... Oh, wait a minute. No. It's the continuance of our terrible, terrible play and a string of terrible results continues. Nonetheless, we still bleed blue. We're going to chop it up here for you. Got a great show. And as always, Jay Martin Himmelstein coming in hot with the first word on the match against Arsenal. I was so hoping that we were going to just put a thumb in the eye of the Gooners <laughs> and destroy their season. I was really hoping. Uh, yeah, dude, it's more of the same. I mean, I don't even, like I said, I don't get disappointed with the results on the field anymore. I don't expect anything better. Um, I'm just praying that we don't get relegated by the end of the year. If we can stay up, that's a victory at this point, which shows you where the bar is. Uh, the game was shit beside maybe the performance of Nani Matawiki. He, you know, he was one of the few guys who was putting it out there and doing a couple of nice things out on the wing. Um, I like to see that there are still a few players on the pitch who actually give a shit and are getting upset about what's happening out there as opposed to the rest of the guys who checked out. But I've resigned myself so far that I don't even blame the guys who have checked out. The season has been such a shit show that I think everybody just wants us over with. We want to hit that reset button and just forget about the 2022-2023 season. So I think that's where everybody is at this point. I mean, I don't even get surprised either at the fact that when's the last time that we gave up three goals and a half? I mean, to, to anybody, really, it, it, it's it's just unbelievable to me and how I also, you know, to, to your sort of point, I built up this uh, thick skin to the point where you couldn't even get a fucking needle into my veins if you needed to right now. And I'm very calloused and just very used to the idea that we have no chance. I mean, not to jump ahead, I, I'll be shocked if we even get a point from Forrest this weekend. Every point matters. Uh, at Bo this. Bo Bournemouth. I think we got Bournemouth this oh, weekend. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Bournemouth this weekend on Saturday. The Cherries. I I'm still going to be surprised if, if we scrap a point from them. We have now, to your you know earlier point, set the bar so low that I feel like we're fans of a different club. Um, you know, when we started this, we had reasonable expectations that this year was going to be up and down, managerial changes, ownership changes. We're used to this craziness at Chelsea Football Club. That that comes with the contract when you sign on. But the level that we have dropped to is just so unmistakably low and so non-visibly Chelsea. This is a different team altogether, a different side altogether. The culture and the mentality uh, is just completely vacant. And it's it's so evident that we've got you know ghost souls out there. We don't have guys filling up in the uh, in the kits. There, all these guys mostly seem to be shadows of themselves and not putting in the performances. And it is true, we have absolutely shown that you can't just throw a bunch of random pieces out onto the pitch and expect them to play like a team. There's no continuity. There's no confidence. There's no reliance on each other. There's no feeling that the other guy's going to bail me out if I make a mistake. Everybody is playing completely frozen, uh, non-free-flowing, second-guessing football. It's just not the product that we're used to seeing. Yeah, and I mean, if we're going to be honest, and we look back at what's happened over the last, let's let's call it a year, is it that surprising? You know, I yes, 
this is shocking to all of us. We don't want to see this. We never want to revisit this type of experience again. The players don't want to revisit this type of experience again. I mean, this is their careers that we're talking about. This is their livelihoods that we're talking about. Um, but a year ago today, we were wondering whether we were even going to be a, a football club. We didn't even know if we were going to be in existence. Um, yes, you know, we we finally got the ownership and the and the and the club purchase from from Bowley and the consortium toward the end of the summer. There was little time to prepare. Uh, obviously, I think the gravest mistake was at that point getting rid of Thomas Tuchel, who had shepherded us through this horrific time and all of this turmoil when we needed at least some cornerstone of stability, and we didn't have that at all. But from that point going forward. Grand Potter playing guys out of position, automatic question marks in players' heads, um, lack of motivation, obviously additional distractions in and around the World Cup being right in the middle of the Premier League season. There's just it, it, the deterioration was so pronounced and so consistent over the course of the season that with where we are now, I I, I couldn't expect any of these guys to truly turn up or as a collective unit turn up. To put out a performance. I just can't. Too many new bodies, too many bodies in general, yep. another managerial shift, another voice in the locker room, another. What do we expect? I mean, if we if we're gonna be realistic about what's happening here, I mean, I don't think any of us thought it would be this bad, but I mean, who what club goes through that and actually is turning out high effort, high quality performances? I don't think any out there. So I think, you know, we what, all have what other examples do you even have? No, no. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever gone through the level of turbulence and the level of insanity that we've had to go through. So, you know, we just have to really I, I just have to hope that whatever happens with our, our managerial search, we get this thing locked in. Whoever this is has the full summer to work with the squad and completely change the mindset and hope that we haven't done too much damage to the players that are here and whoever we're getting rid of and whoever we're bringing in, whatever the final product is going to look like when we hit the pitch come next season, that there aren't residual effects. That's really what we have to hope for. And then from there, we can stabilize and we can build. But this season has just been, it's been insane. It's been one for the record books. And unfortunately, the reverse hockey stick in performance, which we are not accustomed to seeing. Usually you see a team like ours ascending at this time of year, uh, at least trying to, to secure their Champions League places and or fighting for, for titles on multiple fronts. So that's definitely not the case now, as we all know, the season ended a few weeks ago. But getting back to the performance against Arsenal. You know, you you would hope that against our most hated rivals to the north, the Reds, you know, I do expect a little bit more. And nobody could be upset with the lineup as much. It seems like we had guys playing in their normal positions, what we would, you know, agree with a, a, an attacking front three, uh, a good solid midfield. The formation didn't bother me at all. But being down 3-0 at halftime is just unacceptable in every possible way. And Arsenal are licking their wounds. They haven't exactly been tearing it up. And of course, you know, they want to rise up and put in performances and get three points because they're, they're fighting for the title, but we just didn't have anything. 
in the first half. No pop, no sizzle, no counterpunch. And once we gave up the first goal, it just seemed inevitable that more were coming. There was just no way to stop it. And we didn't have an answer to to counter anything that they were doing. I hate when we sit back and just absorb this pressure, like we're a team who doesn't know how to possess the ball. Um, it, it It is very disappointing, but you know, like we mentioned earlier, you build up the skin, you build up the tolerance, you build up the resistance. Uh, you know, my immune system, as far as it comes to this club right now, is, you know, extremely robust. I'm very healthy despite all of the, uh, you know, shit that they're pumping into my body right now. But I just have to get it all out and, and say, this season can't die fast enough. I talked about it before. I just want to find the tallest building I can find, jump off of it and stab myself on the way down so I can die faster. We we got to get this over with and we got to really try to hit that reset button, like you mentioned, and look for greener pastures. Because if we don't have success across the league next year, it's going to be a big problem for the brand. We can't take the type of hits that, you know, Manchester United was taking, you know, two years out of Europe and some other stuff. They're just on a little bit of a different level th than us in terms of resource and drawing in players. I really believe that we need to be better. If we're going to continue to to build this thing and ascend as a football club and get back to European championship status, we're a long ways away from that. We got to look in the mirror and just see the chasm of space between us and Europe's top clubs. And we just ain't there. Yeah, we're nowhere near it at the moment. You know, as far as the game is concerned. Like I said, I don't get disappointed anymore. I come to expect lackadaisical, lackadaisical performances and mental errors and. It, it sucks that we're that we're thinking this way, but every one of those goals could have been prevented. Every single one of them. It was Kova not running back to you know to cover Odegaard. It was Raheem Sterling looking over his shoulder, seeing a threat behind him, and then just completely falling asleep, letting somebody cross right into the box. Like every single one of those goals could have easily been prevented. And although Arsenal hasn't been in the greatest form, they certainly have something worthwhile to fight for, like the entire league. We have nothing to fight for. We're languishing mid-table. We're not quite in relegation. So there's really, there's no motivation for these guys. And after the accumulation of punches that they've had to absorb as players from fans, from the media, internally, and with everything else that has gone on, man, it's just, I, I like I said, I'm at a point where I don't blame them. Because I wouldn't give a shit. I understand like there's this noble feeling or this noble expectation that like we are Chelsea, you have to be strong for the, this is not, this is not what's going on here. You're a professional and you're, you have talent levels and you have dreams and you have desires for your own career and for your family. And when you see what's happened over the course of a season and when you've gotten your hopes up, when you've taken leaps of faith and decided to change the trajectory of your career. All the guys who we brought in, who made decisions to leave other clubs to come join what is this project. God, like what these guys must be going through mentally and how it must be affecting them to on a day in day out basis have to grind to go to work. I mean, we have to drum up some energy to come on here and talk shit about these guys. They have to go and do it every freaking day. So like I said, man, I mean, we, we expect more, but where I want to take this, do, do you, how much time, I, I don't think you spend a ton of time doing it, but how much time do you spend 
listening to some of the voices in social media, fans of the club, who again, who are large players in that space, who have large fan bases, who put out tons and tons of content. Like, do, do you spend much time listening to these guys? I mean, not a ton. I'm a little bit more worried about what we're doing, per se. You know, I'm focused on our projects here, Jay. You know, in-house, keeping the America's Blue podcast the best it can be. That being said, I mean, I, I don't pay attention to it to a ton uh, because I, I don't seek it out. And especially this season, let's face it, it's human nature to to not want to hear more shit. I, you know, it, it takes a, enough wherewithal for me to get on here with you and just continue to just trudge through and talk about the, this thing that we love so much, you know, crumbling before our eyes. It's hard for me to jump on and seek out other people doing it. And uh, I don't love the misery as company uh, model, but it, it is. It, it's difficult to to just listen to everybody tearing our club apart. And it's completely justified and warranted. I'm not I'm not saying that that's the case at all. But, uh, you know, it's a very long answer to a short question, but uh, not a ton, dude. I'm not I'm not seeking out that information in better well, times. I did, but not recently. Well, where I'm going with it. I mean, I do pay attention. I mean, to some of like the bigger names like you know, I like watching George Benson. I like watching Eunice. I like watching football therapy. Like there's a couple of guys who I've just, I've listened to over the years because I find them entertaining and I think they provide good content and they have their, they have their ear to it as far as local news and people who are reporting on this more so than I have the time to follow. I'm making a little bit of an assumption here and saying, now I'm sure all of these guys kind of listen to each other and you end up hearing a lot of the same themes Sure. Go around with a little bit of differentiation here and there. What's been driving me crazy recently is there's a reason why I don't like Arsenal, not only because they're neighbors, but because over the period of time that you and I have become avid fans of this sport and of this club, it would just drive me nuts that Arsenal as a club and Arsenal fans would act in a way that was so entitled that was so entitled because obviously they've had success in their history. Obviously they're a big club, but over the time that we bought, they have been just dog shit. They've been mediocre. Comparative, comparatively speaking, you're absolutely right. Mediocre. And so, they, they, right. so, so this is what's pissing me off a little bit. And I hope this isn't indicative of the entire fan base. I mean, we're, we're having, you know, I'm making this assumption that the fan base is being funneled into the voices that are being promoted on platforms that I'll pay attention to. I'm hearing a lot of that from us. And even the big picture, one thing, but also game to game. And I guess, you know, I'm sure you get more likes and more clicks and more things when you're ranting and raving and everybody just wants to feed the anger and feed the beast. Of course. But I'm hearing a lot of entitled shit from us. I feel like a lot of the people that I've listened to, they sound a lot like the Arsenal guys did over the last decade or so. And that's bothering me a little bit. And it's just, they, they, they just, they can't just come to grips with the fact that all great franchises go through bad moments and bad periods of time. And we're not entitled to continued sustained success. It's what we strive for. We're not entitled to it. Yeah. We that's have to why build they play to the that. games, right? And, and that's unfortunately, why they play the games. it's driving me nuts because it's one thing where it's like, we're railing on certain players. And again, I'm not saying there's no justification, but we're railing on players. Then we're railing on Frank Lampard. Then we're railing on the owners. It's the owners probably, you know, these American owners come in here. Newsflash. How many, 
How many clubs in the Premier League are fully owned by Europeans? A small fraction. A small really? fraction. You think Arsenal over the years when they were taking shits on Stan Kroenke, who's an American owner? Oh, he doesn't know how to do it. Oh, he's coming in here. These Americans are coming in here telling us how to run a club. Well, they're not saying that this year now that they're having some success. It's just, it just seems like the, from a fan perspective, everybody just needs to take a step back and realize. That's the low-hanging fruit. That's the low-hanging fruit because, oh, like that American money don't spend. Like that, yeah. like that check don't clear because it came from an American. It, like, and I now you're getting me started because that's the part that bothers me too. It's not as though Todd Bowley thinks that he is smart enough to run a football club. That's why he's writing the checks to the smart guys to run this fucking thing. Thank so you. if anything, blame the guys, blame the sporting directors, blame the guys who are identifying talent. You know, blame the the GMs. That's the those are the guys making the decisions, not Todd Bowley. He's saying, you guys like this? Okay, let's write the check. You guys are the ones that I hired to do this job. Todd Bowley's letting these guys operate. There is no way in hell that he's going in there and saying, you got to buy this guy because I want him. And I want to play a 4-3-3. There's no way that that's happening. Yeah. And and yeah. You, there's there's tons of guys English based on the continent that we now have in the fold. And these smart motherfuckers better be hitting the uh, spreadsheets and the IBM Watson algorithms to make sure that they're identifying the right talent to bring in because we're going to be working on a very tight budget, Harry, you know, and we got to we got to make sure that without those European nights that we're only going one season without them, because if we start getting into prolonged periods of mediocrity, then we're really going to have a problem. But I completely agree with you, man. That American money spends. Don't be mad at where the money's coming from. Be mad at the people making the decisions behind the money. And Graham Potter was absolutely a mistake. There's no doubt about it. I witnessed his last game, and boy, was that a gigantic piece of shit. But nonetheless, at least he's out. We got to have a real manager with a real voice who's going to bring a system, cohesion, and confidence back into the dressing room and let's let's be honest it's not like we've got a bunch of spare parts or we're the land of misfit fucking toys out here we got major international players with a cachet and resume to to fill up a fucking european scroll that's been buried like a papyrus in fucking some eastern european island or something and you know that shit's gonna work itself out we just gotta make sure that we we stay the course and continue to, to trust the process. But nobody can turn around a, a super tanker like Chelsea Football Club in, in the size of a puddle, which is the time and the space that bullies had to maneuver. Exactly. And yeah, I'm here. We, we need to sack Frank Lampard. What in the fuck is that going to achieve insane. at this point in time? He's doing everything what he is can. Everything and, and listen, he can. is he a good manager? No. Do I want him long term? No. But there's obviously reasons why he's making some of the decisions that he's making because he knows that so many of these boys have checked out. And listen, you can talk about his tactical awareness. You could talk about his selections. You can talk about all of these things. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter at this point in time, except take the, take the L fans, take the L we sucked this year. It was a brutal season. Take it on the chin and stop flailing about it. Every little person and every little thing corrections will be made. If this goes on for another season, if this goes on past that and we realize that, man, like this ownership arrangement isn't working out, 
okay, then maybe you can go ahead and you can start firing some shots across the bow. But the reality is the ownership group got this club at the end of the summer, had a limited amount of time to be able to try to get anybody's in the door to try to fit the manager who was already here. And yes, we had Todd Bowley acting as sporting director because they had to go through the process of hiring somebody and building out the infrastructure of the club. Now, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm backing these guys and I think that they're the exact right people to fulfill these roles and to bring us to the promised land. But the truth is, it's like, can't you just like take a step back from the really shitty performance here or there or what guy screwed the pooch on the pitch or whatever and just say, hey, listen. Yeah, nobody likes this. Nobody should wants to get used to this. And no, we shouldn't accept it. But you should at least be able to rationalize between your ears that there's a reason why some of this shit has happened. And it doesn't mean fire the manager. And it doesn't mean, okay, after a guy just dropped billions of dollars and a consortium dropped billions of dollars that now we have to go out into the stance and start asking for another buyout. If you think that any of this shit is going to be helpful, you, I don't know what to say. But for all these guys, not that they're going to listen to this, but for all these guys who continually go out and are bashing and bashing and bashing all of this stuff without just taking some perspective, we all need to chill the fuck out. We need to chill the fuck out. And please do not turn us into these entitled pussies called Arsenal, because that's how we're sounding at this moment. And it drives me crazy. We can bitch about things, but please... Please, it's not everybody deserves to be, you know, we don't need to gather the lynch mob for fucking Frank Lampard, who took over a sinking ship out of pride and had a duty to the club that he loves. Leave that dude alone. It's unbelievable, the treatment. It's uh, it's definitely not warranted or justified. It's uh, it, That's a steaming pile of shit, what people have been saying about Frank. Stupid. Uh, look, dude. Once this once this all ends and everybody has a chance to to recover from the fallout. All the chips are going to settle. Everything will be, you know, back to normal or we'll getting, you know, be building back towards what we perceive as normal. Uh, there, there's no way you can keep a, a club like this down. And look, we know better than anybody about ups and downs. We're New York football Giants fans as well for all the people listening out there. We know what championships look like. And boy, do we know, know what bad performances and bad teams look like. So you got to take the good with the bad and understand you know, you, you mentioned it earlier. Great franchises are going to have low points. You're not entitled to being on the high horse all the time. That's that is again why they play the games. Lester won the title in 2015. Lester, you know, give me a break. Eden Hazard scored the goal that kept Tottenham out of that title. Would you rather? Could you imagine if Tottenham had a title? In in the meantime, what those guys would be doing? We'd have to be listening to that shit. You know, thank God Lesser won that title. Yeah. And, you know, build building from there. So it, it shows that even in bad times, there is a silver lining. And, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I just want anybody but Arsenal. I have a feeling it's going to be City again. Who's going to stop these guys? But until they win a European title... I, I still think of them as second-class citizens. You, if you want to, you know, raise your nose to that sort of thing, we got a lot to be happy about. It's just right now, it's easy. It's easy to cheer, you know, the, the hero when the hero stumbles. Cowards love that shit. Arsenal littered with cowards as fans. They see us stumbling. They think it's hilarious. And look, you know how many European titles they have? Oh, yeah, none. So uh, until then, they're second-class citizens, too. 
Nobody has brought the Champions League trophy from London back to London except for us. Stand on that, stick your chest out on that, lick your wounds, and come back next year and kick some ass. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we have to look forward to. Let's see what happens once we actually have a manager who comes in, who can stabilize some things. It doesn't have to be the absolute solution, but somebody who has a full summer to work with this squad, get these guys together, get them playing together, build the identity, build the system, get some drills beat into these guys so that people have some idea of what the hell is going on. How can you expect these guys to, number one, want to and be comfortable playing with each other when they've had four people managing them in one season? After it, all this turbulence. It's, it's really so, unbelievable when you we say just have it out to, loud. It just becomes, we, yeah. becomes even crazier. Just, just Everybody just needs to take a step back and realize what's gone on, why our expectations are what they are, and be okay with the fact you're not always going to be good. This is really bad. I'm not, you know, I'm not making excuses for this. This is really bad. There's no reason why we should be this bad and have fallen off this far. But there are reasons behind it and things will get better. Well, we've got Bournemouth at the weekend. Hopefully we can scrap a point out of that. Everything matters at this point. We just want to see a result of some kind. We just can't take another L. I, I really want to see us just try to have something positive as we as we turn the corner here into the uh, rest of some of the difficult fixtures that we have. Hopefully we can take advantage of this Bournemouth side. If we could score the first goal, maybe that would really help you know boost the confidence and 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 provide itself or excuse me lend itself to a a more prolonged sustained performance throughout the match so that's what i'll be looking for uh as we head into the weekend man are you looking for anything in particular same i i'd like to see us get any sort of a result i mean if we can come away honestly this is relegation just keep our heads above water just keep our heads above water it doesn't look like we're in threat now because the numbers, I mean, we'd have to lose everything. We'd have a, need a lot of teams to win most of their games, and that's probably not going to happen. But if we can at least just get to 40, it's a pathetic bar, but that's where we are. Just get one more point. If we can get a win, even better, just to put us a little bit ahead, and then everybody take take a break. Everybody just nice step away from cushion. this for a little bit. No doubt, man. Well, look, it's always great cutting these shows with you, bro. As always, look forward to talking to you next time. Until then, Josh and Jay signing off. We'll be back with a more America is Blue podcast. Go to americaisblue.com for all of your uh, consumption needs for all the episodes and any of the clips that we're doing out throughout the week. Uh, but we'll be back on Saturday to uh, talk about the hopefully positive result. Thank you.